This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Are you the key master? This week on the Story Song Podcast. I hear the tale. Everybody, welcome back to the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. Every episode, we walk you through the wonderful world of a story song. And if you've been following along in the last month or so, we are in the middle, and this is going to be the end. So I shouldn't uh, have said the middle. We are yeah. currently <laughs> Well, we are currently in, and this will be the last of our Summer of Symbolism, uh, where we go through story songs that are symbolic. Uh, have details but those details mean other details and then we talk about what we think those details that mean other details might be detailing um <laughs> this week we are talking about brand new key by melanie oh uh well i i've always loved this song i also love that i mean melanie famous of course because weird al wrote a song about her mm-hmm. sure <laughs> yep but... that's the reason that's the reason she's famous mm-hmm. uh i've no i've and I've... it is absolutely about this melanie Yes, hundred mm-hmm. uh, percent. I've no, I've always, I've always loved this song. It's just a great peppy little song. You got to put it on your uh, Walkman so that you're going on your jogs. You can, you can keep your uh, energy up. I definitely, yeah, it's definitely one that would keep you up and on pace. I mm-hmm. think I was not aware it was uh, symbolic at all. Well, we're gonna talk. Me about too, that, Michael. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. And you know what? You guys are free because this is a free country. Let me check. No, yeah, it's a free country. Um, (laughs) If you guys disagree with me, you can feel free to disagree with me. But I got some stuff to say. And I'm going to say it. But before I say it, I'm going to tell you the, the story of the story song, which is this. A girl rides her bike and also rides around on a pair of roller skates. And she wants to use a certain boy's key. With those roller skates. But maybe there's something else that's really going on here. Mm-hmm. Where she wants a boy's key. Okay. Catching my drift. Uh, also, she tells us she doesn't drive, but she's gone a long way despite that. Despite not being able to drive, and also despite her handicap of being a girl. But we'll talk about that when we get there. <laughs> worst. <laughs> the worst. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. 
riding your bike past someone's window in the middle of the night in modern day parlance, red flag? Oh, very, very red flag. <laughs> a little weird. Oh, yeah. And then also, uh, how late is this? Because uh, by the sun is coming up and you have changed your mode of transportation for our coming back again. Um, getting concerning, I would you, say. I mean, you. there's not too many songs that I can think of with the female stalker. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is a little mm-hmm. female stalkery. I feel like she dro- she rode the bicycle past the window and was like, well, this isn't working. I know roller skates. Yeah. <laughs> and, and new roller skates. She leaves that all the time. She's walking past and driving past. Yeah. Well, she doesn't drive, but maybe she's got like no, a no. scooter. Yeah. Uh, like a scooter. Yeah. Um, go kart. One of those. Go kart. Yep. Sure. Horse sure. And carriage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What other kinds of. Here are the highlights of my going past your house <laughs> at the most inopportune times possible. A penny farthing. (laughs) And only late at night and only at the break of day. Yes. There is actually, it's funny, Rachel, you should say that. There's um, a Linda Ronstadt song called Try Me Again. Mm -hmm. And the opening line is, well, I drove past your house last night and I looked in the window. Great. Right. So that's two. Two songs. Yeah, that's two. We got two. Oh, there's definitely more, but these are great. Well, you know. build them up. Yes. The other connection to Linda Ronstadt that is not a connection at all is her 1978 album, Living in the USA, mm-hmm. prominently features and has been credited with creating a roller skating fad in the late 70s, early 80s, where she's wearing... Is it the cover? Yeah. Yeah. Very tall white socks and, and roller skates and a satin or whatever fabric that is jacket well we are going to get into we are going to get into roller skating technology believe it or not (laughs) in the second half of this of this um show because the kind of roller skates that she's wearing are the kind that are that are that attach to your shoes yeah yeah the reason why is because you needed a key which we're going to talk about in a second Mm -hmm. But I assume Linda is, is wearing the, like, white boot version where the roller skates are actually attached. Um, oh, yeah. Permanently. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. The kind that you have to rent at the roller rink and they, they put some weird spray in. Yeah. Right, exactly. Because it's like... Yeah, yeah. 20,000 people have worn these roller skates, so we're just going to spray them with Febreze, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> Between roller skates and bowling... The amount of time in the 80s we spent wearing someone else's shoes is quite shocking. It is upsetting. And if you, you skied and if you skied oh in the winter, God, God I didn't even forbid. think of that. Holy moly. You're never wearing your own shoes. Yeah, you don't even have to Literally. buy shoes if you do those three things. Yeah. 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 10% of your life at least you were just wearing <laughs> other shoes that didn't belong man, to you. Oh man. What a weird thing. No wonder um, there were so many commercials for athletes foot. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah big athlete's foot was secretly funding both bowling and the roller skating craze of the 80s uh, they're like we got him right where we want him you get home you yeah. train your dog to fetch somebody else's slippers <laughs> fetch me a stranger's slippers just i can't wear my own shoes just becomes an obsession we have just have communal shoes it's fine <laughs> any shoes that fit i'm gonna put on throw it's your totally... shoes into the bowl and see where the night takes us Oh, you! Oh, damn! Your parents went to a shoe party. <laughs> That's crazy. Um. All right. Well, 
yeah, because the other thing is that um, we have done a lot of songs. Yes, this is a stalker. And much like a girl boss, this is a girl stalker. But this is also, we've done a lot of songs with dumb, dumb boys. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that this is a dumb, dumb girl. She does okay. not. See, well, because it almost seems like you're avoiding me. You think so? When we get later into the song, yeah, I think he might be avoiding you, Melody. <laughs> I want to say that. I don't know. I don't know quite sure how you came to that conclusion. Well, to be fair, it almost seems like he's avoiding her, but not once yeah. has she rung his doorbell. Like she's gone by yeah, at like yet. 25 miles an not hour. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Sure, sure. And she's she's like, racing. where where are you? Yeah. But again, at three I don't in think the morning. She's like, she seems kind of proud that she's like, by the way, I uh, slow rolled past your window in the middle of the night last night. Not only is that a thing she shouldn't be doing, but it's a thing she's like proudly announcing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if she's actually talking to him. I think she's just sort of talking to us, the listener. But um, we're going to get there. Um, okay, I'm okay alone, but you got something I need. Well, what could that be? Well, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> well, I got a brand new pair of roller skates, and you got a brand new key. I think we should get together and try them out to see. I've been looking around a while. You got something for me. Oh, I got a brand new pair of roller skates, and you got a brand new key. Mm-hmm. I have some things to say about this, but does anyone else want to go first? So are you, I, I feel like I know where you're going with it, but do you mm-hmm. think this is a coming-of-age story? Yes, I do. Okay. That's all. I really, <laughs> my inflection should have been different for that. But I, <laughs> but I, what, what I, no, because do you think that that shift between bicycle and roller skates has something to do with that? Like, was there something in the 70s where bicycles were for little kids and roller skates were for young adults? I and had, so, you know, hmm, and, and it's last night, that. it's daylight. So it's, you know, it's a new, it's the dawn of a new day. Right. Putting Maybe. a lot on those roller skates. Oh, but I'm oh that actually, wow. That's, I had not thought about that. Yes. Maybe it's the dawn of a new era mm-hmm. in her life because now it's daylight symbolically. Right. Since this is the summer of symbolism, maybe symbolically it is like the, a new, the dawning of a new Correct. day. For her, yeah, an um, awakening. I will. Uh, yes, an <laughs> awakening. I think with I, this is slightly uncomfortable to talk about, but I think with the the talk of bicycles and roller skates, I think she's certainly a young girl. I think mm-hmm. she's going through some changes. She has some feelings that maybe she doesn't quite know what to do with yet, and so she's using things like roller skates and keys to um, deal with those feelings. Sure. Um, Here's what I'm going to say, and I'm going to bring up a song that in a billion years, you guys couldn't possibly have guessed what I'm about to say next. Mm-hmm. Rachel, many years ago, you and I had a conversation about the song Turning Japanese by the Vapors, and <laughs> you, you said, well, I saw an interview with the lead singer of the Vapors, and he said that that song isn't about what you think it's about. Uh-huh. And I'm going to say, Melanie has said a similar thing, where she's like, well, I know a lot of people think what this song is about but it's not about that it's just about roller skates and i want to say to the lead singer of the of the vapors and to melanie the same thing i don't buy it and here's why here's why now i think with melanie it may have been more of a subconscious thing okay than the vapors but the vapors look you were snot-nosed little punks 
in a new wave band, and you wrote a song about you know what, and now that you're older, you don't want to you want to pretend like you didn't, but you did. Okay, because the lyrics literally make no other sense, <laughs> <laughs> unless it's about the thing that you think it's about. <laughs> but for Melanie, here's the problem: is if this is just a song about roller skating, fine. There's uh-huh. a lot of songs about roller skating. Even bef- before we turn on the mics, we were talking about songs about roller skating. If you buy a pair of roller skates in 1971, guess what it comes with? A key. A key. A key. A key. <laughs> so why would you need to use someone else's key? And why would they have a key and presumably no roller skates? That doesn't make any sense. Do you see what I'm saying? On top of all the other stuff in this song, I think it is, again, even if it is somewhat subconscious, it's literally impossible that it's not about a young girl who has some feelings and is looking for someone with a key to maybe help fulfill whatever desires she has. Your rebuttal. I think... If she bought a new pair of roller skates uh-huh. <laughs> that did not have a key. Well, that's on her, first of all. No, I mean, you never know. But if it's, if it's within like the first 14 days, she can take them back. Okay. Not if she can't get them off her feet. Well, why would you look for the key first? She's well, been looking the... around a while. But here's Maybe the problem. That's why she she's roller skating past his house. She's like, the second line I can't get these things off my feet. Rollers... The second line is, I roller skated to your, to your door at daylight. If she didn't have a key, then she couldn't have tightened those roller skates. So already, this doesn't make any sense. Right. Right? <laughs> I roller skated past your house. You live on a hill. I was going downhill. <laughs> I would really love it if somebody could help me stop. <laughs> I am still continuing to go 40 miles an hour through the streets. I cannot stop. Someone please help me. I got nothing else um, to do. I'm going to write this song. I don't know why I decided to start roller skating in San Francisco, but please, <laughs> somebody and help me. Not to give this more uh, to or to maybe um, jump the gun here, but was this also, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on the movie? Why am know. I blanking on the movie? With what movie? The, well, see. This is well, give me some hints. Give me some hints. Uh, it's it's about uh, it's about the porn star and uh, oh, what's oh, her name? Um, Graham Boogie is Nights. in it. Boogie Nights. They play this song, yes. Mildred Pierce. Are you talking about Mildred Pierce? (laughs) It's both in in Boogie Nights and Mildred Pierce. Okay. And it's going to be in my movie that is a combo of Mildred Pierce and Boogie Nights. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Boogie Pierce. Um, (laughs) But they they use it. She's she's roller skating. And I don't know if you know this about Boogie Nights, but there's a lot of sexual overtones to Boogie Nights. Really? Um, I must not be paying attention. So... I think that they also think that there is some uh, connotations to this song. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. I think, well, again, I, I think most people came to the conclusion that I came to, which, by the way, I'm pretty confident is the right conclusion, even if maybe <laughs> Melanie was not fully aware of what she was, she was doing. I will tell you that, um, well, I don't know if I want to tell you. Maybe I'll save it. That, save that to Hold the second. Hold it. So let's say, let's, let's try to take this in a literal way right Mm -hmm. she's got a brand new pair of roller skates but somehow either it didn't come with a key or she lost the key okay she got surely bad pair of roller skates bad pair of roller skates Mm -hmm. maybe surely she must know someone else who has a key other than this guy who will not talk to her (laughs) there must be someone else that she can find to help tighten her her skates we'll call him the man who lives on the hill Uh uh-huh 
<laughs> in her defense, she says, I've been looking around a while. Well, okay. Right. That's fair. Maybe she can't find someone with a key. Yeah. This is like a reverse Cinderella. <laughs> where instead of looking for a shoe, she's looking for a key. She to has the shoe. The shoe. Off. She's got the shoe. She's like, I got right. the shoe. I need the shoe off, not on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the shoe has me going 90 miles an hour down a hill. <laughs> I ride my bike. I roll the skate. Don't drive no car. Don't go too fast, but I go pretty far. For somebody who don't drive, I've been all around the world. Some people say I done all right for a girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some people say I done all right for a girl. I'm going to say one thing. If that thing that you're doing is grammar, I disagree. <laughs> um, you're all over the place. Yeah, you had some trouble there. But otherwise, so Rachel, as our official girl expert mm-hmm. on this podcast, some people say I done all right for a girl. Here's my question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to what level of sarcasm do you think that is intended? Okay, so I've always wonder so it's tough because i think a little bit melanie is playing is playing a character in this song yes right so and a little bit it's a character as dan so eloquently put it a dumb dumb girl uh which i take <laughs> offense to um well, dumb dumb well dumb dumb boy i am okay with we gotta find right, something for girl that's different um uh let's say uh Strong and powerful, but misguided. Okay. Uh, girl. I would say misguided. I think so, misguided. I know. But, I think misguided. Um, so I think she's, I think there's not sarcasm on the character's point. Okay. But, Here's what I'll say. I don't know if, Mel. For, first of all, I mean, Melanie, if, if, if this is somewhat based on her experiences. Mm-hmm. Melanie was very young. She was like 17 or 18 when she suddenly burst onto the scene. Right. I don't know if she could drive or not, but at that young age, she had been around the world. Mm-hmm. So and she, what I'm she, trying she, to she can't find her baby. <laughs> so, so I don't know. So I guess that my, my, again, my point is like you're saying, is the character literally saying like, some people say I don't write for a girl or if it's like, well, some people say I've done all right for a girl, mm-hmm. meaning like the kind of, you know, this is what this is the kind of stuff that I hear. But I'm not saying this literally. I'm saying this ironically, meaning like, you know. Yeah, I, I think there's a little bit of that. But there's, you know, the the first verse and the chorus don't really flesh that out in, in yeah. my thought. Um, Agreed. You know, I think she's just a little naive, but. She's also proud of it, it. She's proud of being having gone all around the world. Right. Um, well, then I guess the question is, if the if we are taking this character literally, right? Yeah. Meaning like this is a girl who roller skates <laughs> and rides her bike past a boy's house in the middle of the night. Yes. Do we also even think she has literally been around the world or is she saying just like she's been all over the place? You know what I mean? But I don't because the other thing is like I don't drive no car. Um, for someone who doesn't drive, I've been all around the world. I'm gonna say this to Melanie: I I can drive, 
and I have been many places in the world, other countries, I did not drive to them. So right. the fact that like you could take a taxi to the airport, it's actually not you in fact <laughs> wouldn't really drive. You're less likely to drive mm-hmm. to say the other side of the world than yeah. than not. So it doesn't seem that yeah. that I live, crazy. I live in New York to say like, you know what? I went to Singapore and I don't even drive. <laughs> right. Those don't <laughs> those, those two things are two not things don't make any sense no. together. It's like exactly. okay, but you're not gonna drive to Singapore. Yeah, but I think the don't drive no car, one, like Dan, to your point, if this is even a little bit about her own experience, Mm -hmm. Melanie was born and raised in New York City, so there's a very good chance that she doesn't drive. That's very true. And I think think that's totally related to the next line, don't go too fast, but I go pretty far. So she's, she's doing her own thing. She's riding a bike. She's on her roller skates. She's not going fast, but she's doing what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the, the some people say I've done all right for a girl. I think the key to that line is the some people. Like, she doesn't yes. necessarily buy into it. Right. But there are people out there who say, well, you've done all right for a girl. And she's like, all right, whatever. Yeah, calm down. She's like, that's, that's more about you than it is about me. Yeah, exactly. right, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you needed to even bring up that second part i've I've done all right that's all you need you could stop right there yeah so so i don't think that's her saying it i think she is literally saying well some people say this and i don't like those people right okay all right so um all right so then we have a bridge which is oh yeah yeah oh yeah 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 oh yeah 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 Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you have not heard the song, you did not miss anything. That's a, this is my version was just as good as. Oh, yours. it was mm-hmm. perfection. Um, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. I actually love that part. <laughs> that oh part's, yeah, that part's great. It yeah, th- that's some of the best yes in a in a song. They're really good yes. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny how something so simple like that. Like I've never. It isn't until I see it written out on the page that I was like, oh yeah, all she says is yeah. There's, <laughs> there's, that's all she says, and yet somehow it's so impactful. It works. It's so good. In the song. I asked your mother if you were at home. She said yes, but you weren't alone. Oh, sometimes I think that you're avoiding me. I'm okay alone if you got something I need. Well, I got a friend. So she has rung the bell. I will say, as we get into this, I do like the sort of, well, I think it first of all speaks to her youth, that she's going to go through the mother as a as a mediator here. Mm-hmm. But also, I like the reality of like, you know, when you were a kid, you, you knocked on the door and usually one of the parents <laughs> answered the door and you had to, because usually like in, in movies and stuff, it's like kids like have no parents. Like it's just yeah. for like convenience of the plot, whatever. Like they knock on the door and the kids answer the door. Whatever. But like usually there's like a parent. You know, normally, if someone knocked on the door when you were a kid, you would not just answer the door. Uh, your parent answered. Those Peanuts kids. That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Pe- perfect example. <laughs> uh, the Peanuts are always answering the door. Yeah. Um, and always have random other kids in their house with yeah. no explanation. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I asked your mother if you were at home. She said yes. It could be like either the parents answering or like a butler. Well, it says, oh, you mean in the Peanuts or? No, no, no. And in, in just oh, in, in general, general, like you said, you know, I like you're saying. if it's right for the parent would answer the would answer the door. I should unless have, yes. one of the under butlers 
answered the Michael, door instead. I didn't mean to I didn't mean to not represent your experience. Yes, Thank for you. Rachel and I it would have been apparent. Obviously for you it would have been the butler. I yes, totally understand. One of the butlers. One one of the of course. Right. Well, yeah. 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 Depending on Sure, sure, sure. Depending Apologies on, on all your uh, to all your butlers. <laughs> Whoever. I will tell one of the maids to let them know. Sure. Um just one sec. That'll be all Barrow. Thank you. <laughs> I was Sorry, depending on ahead. which barrel, uh, depending on which butler was running, was working front of house that day. It, they, yeah. they, they they like to rotate. It gives them some <laughs> some new skills. Anyway, um, I asked your mother if you were at home. Now here's the part where Melanie should really get a clue. And I'm sorry, I feel like this is really where she's a dumb dumb girl. I asked your mother if you were at home. This, by the way, is a great surprise if you have not heard the song before. She said yes. But you weren't alone. Oh, sometimes I think you're avoiding me. <laughs> I'm okay alone, but you got something I need. Great, great verse. Mm-hmm. Great lyrics. She said yes, but you weren't alone. I will say this. If I'm the guy, mom, you're blowing up my spot. You didn't need to tell her that. <laughs> it's totally, you could have just said he's busy or he's taking a nap or he's on a phone call. I'm or something. sorry. Do you kids want some Sunny D? Keep this door open. <laughs> You keep this door exactly. open. <laughs> um, yeah, or I'm actually wondering, is this like a cool mom? Is she just like a totally like, <laughs> as long as it happens under my roof, it's fine. Because they're here. I, that's what I'm saying. She seems pretty okay with the fact that there are more than one person in her house right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she doesn't specify who he's with. I'm going to say if it's a friend, I, I think he can come to the door. You know what I mean? No, I he is like, in the middle of an intense game of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, with that, okay. yeah. Mom! <laughs> I can't be disturbed. <laughs> We're deep into the campaign. And what's funny is he's not avoiding her, necessarily. The mother's just like, yeah, he's here with his Dungeons and Dragons crew. Would you like to join them? And she's like, I'm not a nerd. No, I don't want to. <laughs> and she skates way. away. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find a key somewhere else. Oh, there it is. It's right around my neck. Oh, I'm such a silly Billy. Oh, I was up all night. <laughs> I didn't need to. It's right here. I was just about to bring them some more Chex Mix. Before you go, would you like some Chex Mix? Yeah, I want some Chex Mix. <laughs> of course, of course I want some Chex Mix. Can just you pick out the pretzels? <laughs> the pretzels? The pretzels. You know what? The pretzels. You know what, Melanie? Get out of here. If you're the, <laughs> that's the best part. The pretzels are the best part. The pretzels part. are the worst part of the Chex Mix. Everybody knows that. Can I just get a, a handful of the, those little brown pieces of bread that they have in there? <laughs> just that. Can that's, you pick those that's out? That's all I want. <laughs> just pick those out. There, here's what I want. Pick out the little brown pieces of bread. The little cra- and then put them in my hand loosely. And then as I am roller skating, I will eat them like a bird while I I'm have, going down listen, the street. I know you have a bag of them separately, but they taste different than if you pick them out. I want the ones that are picked out. I don't, oh, don't want understand. ones that are just out of a bag. I don't like the checks, but I like the checks flavoring on the brown bits. This is not that hard to figure out. Yeah. You're not getting it. I have some Melba toast. Would you like just some Melba toast? No, I want it oh. out of the checks mix bag. I want uh, to know that yeah. you've put in the effort. <laughs> and if you could just put them in my hand on top of this key that I'm holding. Yes. <laughs> um. So yes, but you weren't alone. 
So here's the thing that might go, well, you says only sometimes does she think that he's avoiding her. So it's not even like, she's not even that mad about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just like, sometimes I feel like maybe kind of you're avoiding me by, I don't know, having your girlfriend in the house when I come <laughs> to talk to you. Or by not answering the door. Dawn. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was I one person. On my bicycle. In this entire neighborhood who has a roller skate key. That's all I need, man. That's all I need. <laughs> give me, just give me the key. I am slipping and sliding all over the place on these roller skates because I don't have a key. I will not be ignored, man on the hill. <laughs> Do you know what it's oh, like man. to go upstairs with yeah. roller skates on 24 hours a day? Give me the key. Get back to your checks mix. <laughs> Look, I'm super excited you're about to slay a dragon. Just give me the key. That's all I want. It's not that hard. That's it. I don't even have to keep it. I just need to take these skates off. Yeah, that's all I got to do. It's not a big deal. Um, I signed up for a okay. 10K tomorrow. I can't do that on roller skates. <laughs> I mean, not that I could, but they will disqualify. Yeah, it's not, not allowed. allowed. It'll be so fast. I'm going to win so bad. I'm going to be so good at it, but you're not allowed to do that. Anyway, here, take this Melba Toast back. I don't want it. Um, <laughs> I got a brand new pair of roller skates. You got a brand new key. I think we should get together and try them out 2C. Now, the 2C part, that's another just... We just want to see what happens when we get mm-hmm. my roller my roller skates and your key together. What's going to happen? If this was literal, you would know what was going to happen. You would tighten your roller skates with the key. That's what it's for. So I don't know why I think we should get together to try them out to see dot, 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 what happens. Or it Maybe. could be that to see if the key works on those particular skates. Yeah, maybe there's I've... different versions. I don't know about that. I mean, I can't. I'll tell you one thing. Trying to research roller skate keys was surprisingly difficult. Uh, well, I don't think they make <laughs> them anymore. Also, well, they Google, don't. Google's probably like, um, no one can be this dull. Well, he- here's the other problem is, I'm going to tell you right out the bat, trying to research the phrase roller skate key, guess what the first 10 hits are? <laughs> the song Brand New Key by Melanie. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Google's like that Google's makes like, sense. You <laughs> Google literally was like, "You mean brand new key by Melanie?" And I was like, "No, I wanted I want to know about actual roller skate keys. I want to know how they work." Yeah, you used to tighten and untighten the skates. I tried them out to see. La 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 la. Oh, I got a brand new pair of roller skates. You got a brand new key. Some great harmony in this too. Those, yeah, those guys singing in the back. It's some good stuff, man. It's a great song. This is also one of those like. Those are the guys Super playing weird. Dungeons and Dragons. They're singing yeah. along. They're doing the harmony. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, look, I'm trying to have an intimate conversation here. If your buddies in the back could um, not sing along with me <laughs> while I'm <laughs> pouring my heart out to you, that would be great. This is one of those songs that's like super weird and yet totally works. This song mm-hmm. is so good. Yeah. 10% in either direction. The song could be like really annoying. Or like really cloying and dumb, and yep. it just totally works. The song totally works. The first time um, I yeah. ever heard the song, my reaction to it was the same reaction I had to Pearl's a Singer, actually. Okay. It was very like, this is weird. What is this song? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I'll listen to it one more time. Yep. Okay, one more time. Okay, this is my favorite song. There's something so odd, but so perfect about it. Uh, that 
you listen to it once and you think it's weird, twice and you think it's the greatest and you fall yeah. in love with it. There's that thing that sounds like a toy piano. You know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? The like, mm-hmm. yeah. like, and I don't even know if it's actually that or it's just like she's just hitting the keys on the piano weird. Because then it's like, doom, doom, doom. That's clearly like a real piano. But that sounds like some sort of like weird, like, I don't know, weird like toy piano yeah. thing that she's hitting, which is like really interesting the way it sounds. But yeah. And it's the playful nature of the sound of the song is, is cool. It feels like somebody going out roller skating. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Even though it's, yeah, yeah. It sounds like someone going roller skating, even though it's about a young girl's sexual awakening. All right. Any other? Um, <laughs> nice try, Melanie. Anything? We're on to you. <laughs> nice try. You tried to get that one past <laughs> me, but I got you. Um, all right. Anything else? Nope. Going once, going twice. Let's talk about Expanded Universe. What do we got? Expanded Universe. Melanie, who loves roller skating. Okay. She eventually grows up. She meets somebody who has a key that she likes and she has a child all right mm-hmm. and then that boy and or girl gets super into skateboarding has has wheels in their blood and then it's one of the kids from kick push at the end nice wow, okay thank you well done so the timeline also works out because they would be roughly yeah if she had a kid in 1970 like in the early 70s they'd be roughly being that's right around the time kick push came out so I'm dumb spent. That's the best I got, guys. I am done. <laughs> Somebody take over. The guy that she's singing to, you know who that is? Who? Who's that? That would be Sylvia's brother. Okay. <laughs> sure. Because I like that. The, the mother just does not want her children. No. That is so true. Talking to anybody. <laughs> mother just really, really stonewalls all yep. her kids' uh, <laughs> romantic intentions. <laughs> Nobody can get to them. She's like she's like a hockey goalie out there, just blocking people. <laughs> Don't oh, talk to man. my son. Don't talk to my daughter. Get out of here. When she answers the door, she's like, hold, she's got the phone up to her. Just hold, hold on. <laughs> He's downstairs playing Dungeons and Dragons. She's upstairs packing. Melanie, I'm sorry. I gotta go. This guy's got a payphone. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Bye. Door slams in her face. He's got to put in another dime. The operator's on the phone too. I've got. To, I'm talking to so many people. <laughs> Here, Melanie, you talk to the operator. Here you go. <laughs> you deal with this. Is he, uh, or is she running into the just my imagination guy as she passes windows? Mm, okay, yeah. <laughs> Do you think the just my imagination guy is watching Melanie as she yeah. goes past? Is this like a weird like triangle, like love triangle? Yeah. But a weird love triangle of people who are not talking to each other. Yes, Nobody exactly. knows that the other yeah. people Nobody knows. exist. It's like an unrequited love triangle. But for that to work, I think that means that the key guy has to somehow be watching the temptations. Right? Okay. So Maybe. I, fig- I don't really know how love triangles work. Uh, but that's my <laughs> mind. I'd love to be a part of one someday, though. <laughs> I think it's the same thing as like a, a love pyramid scheme. <laughs> sure. Yep. Sure. sure. Yep. Like you, you have fall to tell two friends. Yeah. You love three people. They love three people. Yeah. And so on and so on. But the two people that they fall in love with, you also right. can love. Right. Yeah. But the thing is that only the people at the top become love millionaires. Everyone else mm-hmm. goes goes love bankrupt. But I think well. everybody else gets like Tupperware or something. Oh, okay. Well, that's like good. it's you sell cosmetics. I don't know what happens. Sure. I don't know. 
It's fine. Um, we know another woman who's been all around the world. Oh. She's been to... <laughs> well, she's been to two places. She's in California and Georgia. She was on a yacht. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe Melanie grows up to be Charlene. Maybe. They both have They're... one name. That's, That's true. true. Maybe her she name sounds... is Melanie Charlene. So it's using her middle name. You know one way Melanie could have got this guy's attention? How? Knock, th- knock three times. Uh, you know what? And uh, I, I bet this guy is in his basement um, yep. playing Dungeons and Dragons. And he just keeps looking at like the basement window going, I always feel like somebody's watching me. <laughs> if Melanie doesn't drive, she probably has to take taxis a lot, which means she's constantly running into Harry Chapin. Yep. And driving her around. Sue? Nope, not Sue. Nope, sorry. Oh, it's Melanie again. <laughs> if she doesn't uh, drive actual cars, maybe she drives stock cars. And maybe that's where she meets, <laughs> what's his name from Tell Laura I Love Her? I don't know. I don't know if he had a name. But but she's like... Tommy. I'm... Tommy. It was Tommy. She's pulling him out of the car. And he's like, Tell Laura I Love Her. No, Melanie. <laughs> Melanie. Sometimes, as, as he's dying, she's like, sometimes I feel like you're avoiding me. <laughs> I don't know who you are. Please leave me alone. Where's my girlfriend, Laura? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> or maybe maybe that guy from, um, what song was it? Oh, Teen Angel. Maybe he didn't run back to the car to get a, uh, to get a, a ring, a class ring. Maybe he yeah. ran back to the car to get a skate key. <laughs> That's right. A skating key? That's right. Yeah, maybe. Buried in a cake. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That is not the text of the song. That is oh, our man. episode. I mean, maybe he... I, hold on. I want to say, just in story song lore, that is one of my favorite moments ever, where Rachel goes, wait, did he run back to get a cake? Michael goes, I think we made that up. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much encapsulates what we do, for better or worse, yeah. on this program. <laughs> I feel like the car gets stuck, and, and mm. Melanie's like, I can't get these... Skates off right. my feet. Yeah, yeah. You got to run back like, to that car and get that skate key. <laughs> he's like, if I don't get that key, she'll keep calling me. She'll keep <laughs> calling me. I got to get the key. I got to get the key. I got to get it. It's worth getting hit by a train and try to get that key. <laughs> and um, while you're there, I've got a, I got a piece of cake in the glove compartment. So grab that too. So if you could get that, that'd be great. Um, all right, anybody got anything else? I mean, I just say Melanie probably said, "Don't you want me?" Mm-hmm. She also said, "She also said to the key, nothing compares to you." And um, she might have she might have said to him, all I want to do is make love to you. Oh, yeah, maybe, mm. maybe Rachel making the subtext text. I love it. And I was going to say when the guy when the mom says that he's not alone, he just said parents just don't understand. Um, All right. Nice. Let's take a quick break. And we come back. We'll talk about the history of this song with story behind the story. Metallica has a new album, a world tour, and now a weekly podcast. The Metallica Report. I'm Stefan Shirazi, editor of the band So What magazine. And I'm Renee Richardson, director of philanthropy for Metallica's foundation, all within my hands. Every week, the Metallica Report brings you updates from inside Metallica HQ. Exclusive stories from the people behind the scenes, like Dan Brown, touring creative director and production designer. The guys are committed to this thing, and it's excellence first. It's achievement first. It's over the top. It's let's make this incredible, and the rest will take care of itself. And Xavier Russell, the first journalist to write a major piece on the band. Kirk Hammett gave me his mother's phone number that I could get in touch with him. 
Contributions from the worldwide Metallica fan community. James Hetfield looks up at us and says, you can't sit down on a Metallica show. We sit up. We're like, yes, sir. We're at attention. James Hetfield told us to stand up and we are not going to sit down ever again. Roberto, I'm from Italy. And this is my 45 shows of Metallica. Fan questions from all over the world. Hi, my name is Michaela from San Francisco, and I just wanted to know who creates the set list. And rumor has it, some of the boys might stop by from time to time. The Metallica Report. The Metallica Report. The Metallica Report. Straight to your ears. Straight from Metallica HQ Weekly. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. All right, we're back. It's time for story behind the story. How did this story come to be? But before we do that, hey. we have another five-star review. Love it. From Apple Podcasts to read. This one is short and sweet. The headline is five stars. That's 10 stars. That right. is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, you don't get exactly. more five-star review than that. Yeah. No, no, no. That's so great. So five-star, headline is five stars, rating is five stars. This is from Phantom's Girl, and it says, I just found your podcast. I love the camaraderie between you. It was a fun listen. The end. Thank you so Yay. much, Phantom's Girl. We really appreciate it. Uh, um, yeah. They must be listening to the early episodes because that camaraderie <laughs> yeah. just dissolves. Really falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you shut up? Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, if you would like your review read on the show, you know what to do. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast, and we're on the show. Thank you again, Phantoms Girl. Okay. We can't read a review if you don't write it. That's right. We're not in your mind. No. <laughs> I mean, not that you know of. Um, <laughs> write those reviews. Do it so now. Let's talk about Hit Melanie. Pause. Do it now. Let's talk about Melanie let's. and Brand New Key. Okay. So Brand New Key was written by Melanie Safka, stage name or credited as Melanie, uh, recorded by Melanie and was released in October of 1971 and hit number one on the U.S. High 100 the week of December 25th, 1971. That's right. It's a Christmas song, everybody. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> this is about um, roller skating in the snow. <laughs> that, it's difficult. 
So, Melanie Ann Safka was born February 3rd, 1947, and was born and raised in the Astoria, Queens neighborhood in New York City. Whoop, whoop, Queens! Our old stopping ground. So, Melanie made her first public singing appearance at the age of four on the radio show Live Like a Millionaire, performing the song Give Me a Little Kiss. Now, I'm going to do this quickly, but I, of course, went down a rabbit hole of one of my favorite topics, weird early broadcasting. Um, So Live Like a Millionaire was a radio show. It was a talent show where three or four sets of talented children and parents performed for the audience. The winners, determined by audience applause, won the chance to, quote, live like a millionaire for a whole week in which they were waited on, sent on trips, provided with expensive cars or anything else they desired. It ran on NBC Radio daily from... June 1950 to September 1952. There also was a TV version of it. By the way, that is a great idea. Mm-hmm. They should is bring that back. Netflix, <laughs> you should bring that back. People would do that. You get to live like a millionaire for a week. You know what's terrible? Day eight. <laughs> right. Well. Okay, that's valid. That's valid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want people Bye. to get used to it and then be like, hey, you remember how terrible your life was before? Mm-hmm. It's back. Mm-hmm. Here's your yeah. Honda Civic. <laughs> it does. It, in modern context, it does feel a bit dystopian, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to pull you out of your, you know, poverty, misery. You get to live like a millionaire. Now get back. Get back with the rabble. Yeah. <laughs> Stanley Tucci's the host in some weird wig. <laughs> exactly. Um. All right, so Melanie's family later moved to Long Branch, New Jersey, and Melanie attended Long Branch High School. Oh. Wash. Yes. You know what I think is near there, or at least on that train line? Okay. Hackensack. Oh, all right. Mm. Good. Expanded Good. universe. Remember that. Thank you. Yeah. T- too late. Oh, <laughs> that's too bad. Um, but while she was attending Long Branch High School, she actually ran away from home and went to California. Do you guys want to know for what reason she stated that she ran away from home? Uh, was it looking for a skate key? Her classmates teased her by calling her a beatnik. Oh, weird. <laughs> I, guess if, I don't know. I guess if you're a beatnik, that's where you go. That's what she said. Well, I don't, well, I don't think she, no. she wanted to be a beatnik, though. They were calling her a beatnik. But this was at a time when I guess that was an insult. That you'd be like, hey, what are you doing, beatnik? What are you, what are you reading poetry? And then they'd knock it out of your hand, she I guess. Said, Leave me alone. She said, hey, I'm not a beatnik. I'm going to move halfway across or entirely across the country. So I'm more of a vagabond than a beatnik. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To which they said, why don't you go to Greenwich Village, you beatnik? And she's like, I will it's eventually. So close. Oh. In about. <laughs> okay. In about two or three bullet points. <laughs> Apologies. So uh, after returning, now I will say this was one hint that maybe the Melanie from the song and the Melanie in real life weren't that different. Mm-hmm. Um, after returning and graduating from high school, although she was not allowed to attend her graduation due to having an overdue library book. Um, so a bit of a hot mess is my she, point. Yeah, she misplaces everything, <laughs> this Melanie. Um, she lost her key. She lost her book. She attended the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York and started performing in clubs like the Bitter End in Greenwich Village. Oh, I was wrong. Okay. It's, it's right here. Here it is. She found it. So initially, 
based on uh, the success she was having around Greenwich Village. She signed to Columbia Records, but quickly switched to Buddha Records and released the single Bobo's Party in 1969. It was largely ignored in the States, but it had chart success in Europe, including hitting number one in France. Wouldn't have to go to the Bobo's party. Wouldn't have to go to the company. Wouldn't have to go to the boys in the back room with their knack to tune in on me. Wouldn't have to go to the boys in the backyard. On the strength of that success, he traveled to Europe and performed on music television shows there. All right. Okay. So now this is... Uh, this is early 1969, mm-hmm. all right? She did have to return to the U.S. later that year. Was it because of the library book? Yes. Mm-hmm. They found the library, her. The library police caught up with her. Now, she had to return to the U.S. later that year. Does anyone want to guess why she had to return to the U.S.? Well, she didn't have to, but why she returned to the U.S. later on that year, let's say the summer. It was 1969? Mm-hmm. Oh, because oh, she was an astronaut. Yes. Mm-hmm. She was flying. She away. got no. drafted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Both good guesses, but also dumb and wrong. Um, <laughs> she was scheduled to appear at a little music music festival you might have heard of called the Woodstock Music and Arts Fair. Get out. Um, she appeared on the first day, Friday, August 15th, 1969, between Ravi Shankar and Arlo Guthrie. Oh, wait. Is that like the one in the movie? She, well, what do you mean the one in the movie? Woodstock? Yes. Mm. It's in the movie Woodstock, yes. What I was going to say was, first of all, she was only 18 years old when she did this. She is largely not in the movie. <laughs> you don't say. I think there may be some fleeting glances of her in the movie, and she's not on the soundtrack. So people, I watched her performances from Woodstock on YouTube, and the people in the comment section were very uh, angry that she was <laughs> largely ignored um, by the original coverage of Woodstock. But anyway, yes, Rachel. No, I was just going to say, I should have known that she was on it. I mean, my my dad, who was at Woodstock, just constantly talks about how Melanie just blew everybody away at Woodstock. Does he, does he really do that? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I've, I mean... He's never mentioned that Melanie was at Woodstock. <laughs> well, she was, on, she was on early. Maybe he missed it. Maybe he was sitting in traffic. Um, <laughs> I don't know. These damn kids, where are they all going? Well, because she was largely unknown. She yeah. was she was doing yeah, well in Europe. That's a big deal that she was there. I was going to say she was largely unknown. She was eighteen years old. She went on stage, and you know, in the footage, like first of all, she kills it, and then the, she totally like the audience is silent at first, and then they are like cheering like crazy by the time she's done. That's of awesome. So she did the, really good. Here is the thing. Yeah, it's Woodstock. The problem mm-hmm. is, it is tough to get your coverage there when it's Woodstock. Right. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how amazing you are. It's Woodstock. Right. I'm just saying that I was, you know, yeah, I think to be fair, I think there were bigger acts that were more famous that obviously got more coverage and, you know, there were, were, right. Okay. That's what I'm saying. But, But she was there, though. But I'm not saying, at the time, though, it's no. just a music festival. Right. They didn't walk out on stage and say something like, "Welcome to historic and culturally significant uh, milestone Woodstock." I, right. I understand that. What I am saying is, it doesn't matter how good Melanie was. It it's 
the fact that it's Woodstock is not the fact that it was Woodstock yet. It's that the other people, by the time the second day came around, it was Woodstock. Right. Everybody forgot the first day, basically, you know? Right. And Janis Joplin is still Janis Joplin. And, you know, Jimi Hendrix is still Jimi Hendrix. And Richie Havens is still Richie Havens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, she like she was basically an opening act. Correct. Like she was, yeah. on, she so, was on the first what day. What I'm saying is no shade to Melanie. As the kids I don't said. think there's any the shade to that? Melanie. Well, I don't think there's any shade to Melanie. I what I'm saying is I think the people the people in the YouTube comment section were like, she is so good and was unjustly ignored. Yeah. Like. Okay. Yes. And what I am saying is the problem is the reason is because she so was unknown. Can, oh, of course. There's yeah, just absolutely. so much you can do. Right. Look, I mean, obviously, if you're putting together a big documentary at Woodstock, you got to have what two or three hours with Sean on that. I mean, I. I, like, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Like this is only so much time. Yeah, you know what just I'm saying. Just putting, just Bowser putting gel in his hair. <laughs> yeah, is like a half hour. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And you don't want to, you don't want to miss, you don't want to miss a second of it. The movie poster actually says Shanana and other people starring in <laughs> sure. Woodstock, Sha-na-na's a movie Woodstock. about something. Like so I, anyway. I guess it was a concert, but Shanana was there, you guys. So I'm gonna go off on another rabbit hole tangent here, please. So in doing this research, I learned about a little corner of music history that I didn't know a lot about. Roller skate songs? After the success of Woodstock, not surprisingly, a lot of other promoters tried to put together similar festivals. However, that is largely forgotten because local courts and governments began issuing injunctions and taking other actions to cancel these festivals. Um, because they didn't want another like crazy hippie Woodstock in their tiny little town. Also, to be fair, Altamont had also happened, and they were not looking forward to that. So, out of the 48 planned music festivals in 1970, 30 of them were canceled. 30 out of 48 of those music festivals were canceled due to action by local governments and the courts. One of the most famous of these canceled concerts was to be held at Powder Ridge Ski Area in Middlefield, Connecticut, beginning on July 31st, 1970. Local opposition caused a Connecticut court to issue an injunction against against the festival, causing it to be canceled. Problem was, the festival started July 31st, and the injunction was issued on July 29th. Since it was 1970, word didn't get around that fast, and people started showing up anyway. Despite local police putting huge signs on the highway saying, festival prohibited, turn around, in total, about 30,000 attendees showed up for a, for a concert that wasn't happening. <laughs> Of the 29 original artists set to perform, only one showed up. Please tell me it was Shanana. <laughs> Melanie. It was Melanie. Nice. To save the day. So, so, I mean, but there's no show. I mean, so, but she was like, uh, so she just shows up. But did she have equipment? It's funny you ask that, Rachel. The reason why I went down this rabbit hole is that there was a picture on the Wikipedia page that I was like, what? What is this picture? The caption. <laughs> though intriguing, was nonsensical as far as I could tell. Then I went down the rabbit hole and figured it out. Here is the caption to the Wikipedia, the Wikipedia picture. It is this. Melanie Safka was the only artist ignoring the court injunction banning the festival, comma. She's seen here performing on an improvised stage powered by Mr. Softy Trucks. 
What? Oh my god! I need that photo on a T-shirt. That's amazing. Yeah, you're gonna have to talk to the guy who posted it because it's very tiny. But it is clearly (laughs) Melanie sitting on like a plywood stage in front of a Mr. Softy truck. Holy crazy! Crazy! Mr. Softy saves the day again. So I guess Mr. Softy trucks must have had electricity. So yeah. they were able to like hotwire the electricity, keeping the the freezers going. Yeah, they must have like little to, generators on them to like power her lights and amplifier or That's whatever. Great. And there's a bunch of hippies standing around her. So there you go. And that was the night the ice cream melted. Well, maybe. I mean, be, unfortunately, no one is. It'd be great if everyone had an ice cream cone in their hands. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we got to get rid of this stuff. It's just going to melt. <laughs> Everybody eat some ice cream. I'm handing out Mickey Mouse cones. Okay. Also, it's very funny that like local residents were afraid of having this big music festival in their town. Mm-hmm. A music festival that had Mr. Softy Trucks. Right. It was like, don't send those hippies here, but they love ice cream. So, <laughs> well, I have they to be honest. pretty cool. I- I went pretty deep on this one. I was using the Wayback Machine pretty heavily. I found an article from 2008 on crawdaddy.com that went into heavy detail on this. The one thing I could not find out is why the Mr. Softy trucks were there. I don't know if they were sent later or like Michael said, it's like, you know, hippies love ice cream. We got (laughs) to get up there. But I love that because I I may have mentioned before, I spent a summer in college as an ice cream man. I unfortunately was not a Mr. Softy. I ran the the crappy broken down truck with the gross um, Spider-Man ice pops. But ice cream truck is here. I did come get the ice cream. You know, you would you would time it so that you would arrive at the baseball fields while the games were ending, so that the kids would run over and and the parents would reluctantly buy them ice cream. Um, so I wonder if this is the same thing. People were like, well, I don't know. A lot of people are gathering. Yeah, <laughs> like, get all the Mr. Softy trucks up there. And she was able to do the show. But well, it's anyway. like now, if you go to an outdoor concert, they have like food trucks. I get, yeah. In 1969, they didn't have food. They had ice cream. Yeah. yeah, that was it. That's all you could eat was ice cream. So Melanie wrote a song about her experience at Woodstock called Lay Down, Open Parentheses, Candles in the Rain, Close Parentheses. Um, it was released on March 7th, 1970 and peaked at number six on the Hot 100 the week of July 11th, 1970. We all had gone. Unhappy with demands from Buddha Records, Melanie left and formed her own record label called Neighborhood Records. That's pretty unheard of for the time. So this is a thing that's just sort of casually dropped on her Wikipedia page and other sources that I found. So first of all, she shows up to this concert, mm-hmm. right, and performs with Mr. with Mr. Softy. Then a duet. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I want to bring out a very special friend of mine. Please welcome to the stage. His head is made out of ice cream, Mr. Softy. He wears a bow tie, Mr. Softy. <laughs> there are islands in the stream. Oh my god. Was Weeping. Gorgeous. Weeping. Incredible. It was a stream but, of melted ice cream, but <laughs> then she forms this record label with her husband, but is the first female owned record label 
in America. What? My point being that she's she's just casually like a super badass chick who's just it's like amazing. doing cool stuff all the time. But it's also just like not a big deal. She's just like, yeah, I didn't like it, so I just started my own record label, the first female-owned record label in America. Whatever. No, in a cares? time where there were no indie artists. The first release on Neighborhood Records was Melanie's next album, Gather Me, and the first single was Brand New Key. So Brand New Key was released October 1971 and hit number one on the Hot 100 the week of December 25th, 1971, and it stayed there for three weeks. Melanie has acknowledged the possibility of detecting sexual innuendo in the song. Quote, I wrote it in about 15 minutes one night. I will pause to let Rachel get angry about that. I can't stand it. (laughs) How dare you have talent? I wrote it in about 15 minutes one night. I guess a key and a lock have always been Freudian symbols and pretty obvious ones at that. Yes, I would say so. That's my commentary. There was no deep, serious expression behind the song, but people read things into it. In some places, it was even banned from the radio. My idea about songs is that once you write them, you have very little say in their life afterwards. It's like it's a lot like having a baby. You conceive a song, deliver it, and then give it as good of a start as you can. After that, it's on its own. Oh, that's good. But I, I still think it's uh, a metaphor. So Melanie also claimed that she wrote it. Okay, so this is important. So Melanie, in the, she, she kind of tells the story about writing the song a couple of times. Mm-hmm. One of those versions claims that she wrote it after completing a 27-day fast. To which I ask, is that possible? That can't be possible. It, 27 days? You would starve to death. I wonder if you? it's like a juice fast or something. Or... She said she only drank water for 27 days. That's impossible. That's impossible, right? It's probably not, but I don't know. That water had cake in it, so. <laughs> sure. Seven day fast? Sure. 27 days? I I don't know about that. Maybe it so, just felt like 27 days. It was actually maybe. a long afternoon. <laughs> well, anyway, so she claims she completed a 27 day fast, and then she broke her fast by going to McDonald's. <laughs> And while she was eating McDonald's, the song, quote, popped in her head. Yeah, they 100% say that the first thing you should eat after (laughs) fasting for 27 days, don't ease your body back into food. Right. Just shove a burger and fries into your gullet. I mean, I guess. She wasn't going to, but the Happy Meal prize that week was amazing. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, It was one of those Halloween buckets. Yep. Oh, I guess God. you gotta get it. I gotta get them. Guess at that time, the really only thing to eat was McDonald's and Mr. Softy. So you didn't have a lot of choices. <laughs> That's true. Um, that sounds like a pretty good breakfast. So Melanie recorded the song "Brand New Key," and then she left to go to California. I assume for some music-related business. Um, when she returned, she found that her husband and producer and label co-owner Peter. I believe it or not, I actually practice this. Peter Shekerick, I'm going to say. Okay. Had remixed the song and put doo-wop style backing vocals on it. Melanie said, quote, later, I'm sure Brand New Key would have come out of some bluesy, swampy thing and nobody would have ever heard it. But he said, he he being her husband, um, Peter, he said, Melanie, this is a hit. And I said, no, it can't be. But he was right. So basically, her version was a more straightforward, um, like, folk rock song. Yeah. Um, and he made it into, like, kind of the, the fun hit that we yeah. know today with, like, the background vocals and the piano and everything. 
So then the next single off the album was Ring That Bell, which hit number 31 on the Hot 100. So after that, Melanie seemed to have settled into a life that was split into recording folk albums, um, but without really striving for chart success, raising a family, and being an all-around cool lady who does cool things. So let's start with the albums. I got the feeling, kind of reading through some of the research, was since she owned the label, she wasn't really under any pressure to have big hits because sure. <laughs> um, nobody was going to yell at her about that. Um, but Gather Me was her fifth album. She released 28 albums in all, the last being in 2010. Wow. Melanie married record producer Peter Shikarik in 1968, and they had three children together, and they remained married until his death in 2010. Um, so basically, this guy Peter, they were married this whole time, and he was her producer and co-owner of the label and everything. And basically, when he died in 2010, she just stopped making music. Mm. Seemed to be the way it, it, it kind of went down. But here's some cool stuff. In 1972, she became an official UNICEF ambassador and agreed to forego, to forego a world tour in order to raise money for the organization. So this is my point, where she's like, well, I could go on a world tour and like help my career. Yeah. And make lots of money and raise my profile. But instead, I'll do this awesome thing where I raise money for children around the world. You know who does that? A beatnik. Who does it? A beatnik. Mm-hmm. Or a cool lady. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's it's very great. cool. So here's some more fun stuff. In 1989, Melanie won an Emmy Award for writing the lyrics to The First Time I Ever Loved Forever. The first time I loved forever. Was when you whispered my name. Does anyone know what that is? That's right. It's the theme song to the TV series Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I watched several versions of the opening to Beauty and the Beast, um, which, by the way, I should mention for anyone who's younger, there was a TV show yeah. starring Ron Perlman and what was the who's the actress? Uh, from uh, from the Terminator. Yeah, oh yeah, Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, so it's Linda Hamilton and Ron Perlman has nothing to do with the Disney movie. Um, he is a, a weirdo monster who lives in the sewers, and she's like a rich lawyer or something. Mm-hmm. And they fight crime I don't together know. or something like that. I think they fight crime, right? Yeah. yeah, something like that. But there's a will they won't they except that they also a will they can't they can't because he's a monster. Um, yeah. and that would be weird. He's like a cat or something. Yeah. And it's <laughs> um, also it's also the first time that most people knew of Ron Perlman and so when they saw Ron Perlman out of makeup, they were like, how right. does he not look different? I mean, that was the thing. Yeah. They really didn't need to do much makeup uh on Ron Perlman. They're like you just um, had bronzer on? Well, it, cuz it's amazing cuz like his he, like he is this super long like cat face and then when you see Ron Perlman, you're like, "Oh, that's why you cast him cuz he also just, he has like a super <laughs> long face. They didn't have to like do extra stuff." Isn't the uh the intro to that show isn't it very like perfume commercial kind of? Yes. yes. Or alternatively Nestle's commercial? Yes. A lot of dissolve. <laughs> Wasn't there a lot yeah. of dissolve? Yeah. Like a almost like an '80s music video where they're like walking around and it's clearly like a like a a photo studio at like a J.C. Penney's or something or like I'll just say backdrops this. and lights and they're looking at the camera. This, this might help crystallize it for you. So Ron Perlman is a monster who lives in the sewers. Um, not surprisingly, I think in more than one shot in the intro. He is standing in front of a metal industrial fan that's slowly turning, and there's a light behind it. Nice. You guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. So this, it's that sort of a thing. In October of 2012, Melanie collaborated with John 
Haldapis, the artistic managing director of the Blackfire Theater in Rochester, New York, to create an original musical about her love story with her late husband, Peter. Melanie and the Record Man, which was the name of the show, uh, made its world premiere on October 19th. Melanie performed during the musical and also was the narrator. I watched That's see very it. cool. That was very cool. On New Year's Eve of 2019, in one of her most recent performances, she performed on BBC's Jules annual Hootenanny. Have we ever talked about Jules? Uh, I mean, have we ever talked about Later with Jules Holland I don't on the show? think so. I only okay. know Later with Jules Holland by the name and by clips on, like, YouTube. Okay. So, it's a show in Britain, mm-hmm. obviously. Michael, are you familiar with Later with Jules Holland? I've heard of it. Okay. And I, I feel so, like I've seen clips of it. So, it's a show in Britain, and it was ran here. I, I used to watch it maybe about 10 years ago on some, like, weird cable channel. I think that, that channel AXS used to show it all the time. Anyway, what it is is, so you know, like, on a late-night show where they have the music performance? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. like, on Letterman, they would do like maybe. So, Later with Jules Holland is brilliant in that it's only the music performances. Oh, that's That's fun. it. So what they do is they have four stages set up in a circle, and in between those stages are like curved bleachers where the audience sits. Mm-hmm. And then Jules Holland, who is a guy from Squeeze, he stands in the middle of of that circle, and he's like, "Hi, welcome to Later with Jules Holland. I'm Jules Holland." And then he points and goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, the Decemberists." And then the Decemberists play. And then when they're done, the camera whips back to him and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Melanie. And he points and then Melanie plays. And that's the entire show. <laughs> that's all that happens. That's very cool. And, then, and every band does like three songs. And like he, then he'll go back to the beginning and be like, ladies and gentlemen. And he'll, that's it. That's all he ever says is he says the name of the band and points at them. And that's the whole show. And it's awesome. That's and it's great. so great. That's very that's cool. It. Yeah, yeah. It's super fun. What's um, really challenging for the bands, though, is he'll point to them and then he'll point to the next band. And you have to be paying attention. Well, oh, that's yeah. the thing. Because you're not going to play the whole song. The next band's going to play. And you have to stop I mean, when he stops pointing at you. It also, I mean, I'm sure there may be some TV magic in there, but I swear it seems like it all happens in real time. Like, that's there's very cool. there's no, it's it's like the camera just keeps whipping around. There's no cuts whatsoever. It's awesome. Anyway, later with Jules Holland. Super fun. Okay. So, as Rachel mentioned, this song was featured in 1997's Boogie Nights. It has appeared in many things, including uh, the film Jackass 3D. During a segment in which cast members use bungee cords, skateboards, and a ramp to slingshot into a kiddie pool. Sure, of course. So during that, <laughs> you hear the song Brand New Key by Melanie. Um, all right, and then the last thing I got for you is that there was a brief surge <laughs> in interest in this song uh, when it was featured in the Kids in the Hall revival series in 2022. Um there is a sketch in which Dave Foley plays a radio DJ broadcasting from a bunker after a nuclear war has ended all life on the surface. He must continually play the song Brand New Key as is the only <laughs> record that has survived. <laughs> that sketch is so good. It's so good. It's really, it's really funny and genuinely disturbing <laughs> because he does the like normal radio patter where he's like, Hey, this is, you know, whoever. This is the this is the dog in the morning. And he's like, I got the boogie woogie flu, and the only prescription is some is some rock and roll. Here's brand new key by Melanie. And then when the music starts, he just stares into the middle distance, <laughs> so like completely like compl- and then and then when it's over, he just goes, All right, you know, and he does like a thing. And he's like, uh, you know, all right, let's get back to the music. This is brand new key by Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. 
Um, so that's it. Again, Melanie just seems like a, it's like here's the thing, guys. Mm-hmm. If you are a smart person and a good, kind person, yeah. If you have success in your life, right, and you you get control of the means of production, meaning you own your own record label, just go out and do great fun things like be a UNICEF ambassador and write musicals about how much you love your husband or whatever. Mm-hmm. My point being is the people who chase like fame and fortune, um, those people are broken inside. So like if you have had success, just like chill out and do cool stuff yeah. and just be like a cool lady like Melanie. And the thing is like, you don't know these people because people are like, whatever happened to Melanie? And you're like, by the way, Melanie is having, she's living her best life. Yeah. You don't she's worry about great. Melanie. She's doing great. But that's that's my lesson. That's the most important thing for everybody. It's just you know, if you ever have any success, um, just do whatever you want. Don't worry about anything and just be cool. So beautiful. Day. Uh, that's Melanie. Thank you. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we come back. We'll talk about the lesson we learned from this song with lessons learned. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell ya, I have small ear canals, uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business. And I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Right, we're back. It's time for lessons learned. What lesson did we learn from Brand New Key by Melanie? Rachel, let's start with you. What lesson did you learn? Well, I learned a lesson about myself. Okay. I learned that even though I haven't been all around the world, I am somebody who drives. <laughs> so I think sure. I have done all right for a girl. I agree with I that. I am some of the people who say I've done all right for a girl. <laughs> Rich, I must say, I, I would not, um, if I had to make a list of your top accomplishments, uh-huh. um, your ability to drive would not be in the top 50. <laughs> you, you've, you're a very accomplished, <laughs> talented woman. Thank you. Um, so do not, you I don't need to I thought that put... was a slight on my driving. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. 
No, not at all. <laughs> Thank no, no, you, no. Daniel. You are very accomplished and you drive like a maniac. Yeah. What I what I'm trying to say is again, you're very accomplished. You've done a very talented woman who's done many things. I guess what I'm trying to say is you've done all right for a girl. Uh, <laughs> if I had to if I had to say. So my lesson is um if you get a brand new pair of roller skates, hold on to that key. Okay? Because if you lose it and you have to go searching for someone else who has a key, mm -hmm. people might read into it. That's all I'm saying. That's true. Yeah. You're going to, you know, you start asking all the boys in town if you could borrow their key. And next thing you know, uh, people are talking. Mm -hmm. So you just want, you really want to hold on to that key um, and not, uh, yeah, not get yourself in any like. Yeah. vicious rumor mills yeah. or anything like that people are thinking that you're like sleeping around and meanwhile you're like i just want to get these I damn just... <laughs> skates off do you see I'm... that i've had these skates on for five days i cannot I'm get them off sleeping they're starting to get rusty i'm showering in them <laughs> the last thing i want to do is have sex okay <laughs> my feet are disgusting. <laughs> They're turning green. Please help me. All I want is to take an escalator. <laughs> and I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I cannot do it, folks. Uh, Michael, what'd you learn? All right, so I learned two things. Okay. One, roller skating, you guys, is a numbers game. So if you're looking for a brand new key and you're stopping by random people's houses mm -hmm. go to the house of like a building super or a janitor they got a lot of keys oh and yeah. chances sure. are it's gonna work in your brand new roller skates that's okay right. the other thing i learned and more importantly is melanie is a gifted songwriter an amazing singer philanthropist and just seems like all around a cool person but she will always be the person who did not return that library book <laughs> mm, that's true yep she's no good yep <laughs> negates it all that's right that's right yeah you know you can take the girl out of queens can't take the queens out of the girl <laughs> absolutely not we know that <laughs> For all three of us. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Story Song Podcast. You can follow us on the socials like Instagram, X, I guess, and <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you your podcast, and we will read it on the show. And we also will appreciate it very much. We love our undying um, gratitude for that. Come on back next episode. When we do another great story song, I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. We'll talk to you guys then. Thanks for listening, and goodbye. Bye. Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. Find him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music 
was provided by Purple Planet Music. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, and on Instagram at story song podcast. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. The Story Song Podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. It's the Story Song She wouldn't shut the f*** up. These cats have been asleep since I got home. <laughs> the moment the moment I start doing this, they're like, hey, what's, what's, what's going on here? You got to get them some laptops. Uh, maybe I will get them a laptop, Mike.